Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Center for Media Evangelization in Ewing, New Jersey, welcome to Come to Me with Jim Manfredonia. Stay tuned for an hour of talk, reflections, and meditations on topics that are important to today's Catholics. And now, here is your host, Jim Manfredonia. Well, a very good day to you, my friends. Welcome once again to Come to Me. My name is Jim Manfredonia, and as always, it is a great joy to be here with you, as we're so blessed every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday to come together at this 4 o'clock hour, live on these domestic church media radio stations and all of our platforms. And I am praying, my friends, you're having a blessed, happy, and a holy day, a peaceful day, and all this unrest that we find ourselves in um, if you are listening live at 4.01 on this June 2nd, already June, uh, also coming to you live on our uh, video formats, you can watch the program live at our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash domestic church media. Also on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash domestic church media and streaming live video on our homepage at domesticchurchmedia.org. And all the other audio platforms that we're on, uh, our streaming audio from our website, our streaming audio uh, on our Listen Now uh, option on our free uh, Domestic Church Media mobile app, Amazon Echo and Google Home devices, all you have to say is play Domestic Church Media. And um, just coming to you in any way we can, my friends, on this uh, June 2nd. As I'm preparing, we're having a peaceful day. You know, there's just so much happening out there today. And over the past week, oh my goodness, over the past number of months, if you include the virus and all that we've been asked to go through. But again, we remain in in the great uh, knowledge that our Lord is in charge. Our Lord is in control. There's nothing to fear. We can, you know, be a little bit anxious or woozy sometimes about the way things are going, but to just put all of our trust in the Lord and to know that he will lead us where he needs us to go. Um, there's so many disturbing things out there. You read, and I, I was, uh, again, this morning, you know, Cheryl and I at breakfast, we were discussing um, social media. And my goodness, you really need to stay away from social media as much as possible. Or at least, you know, if you're going to go to it for, for specific uh, sources of information that you know are authentic and real and true, like domestic church media, certainly you'll get truth here. Um but to get your source of news and information from all these different uh, social media individuals and outlets, it, it can really you know, drive you nuts. So uh, stay in the truth. You know, stay with the Lord um, and uh, just trust that the Lord will guide us and lead us. And I'm happy that you're here. I'm happy you're a part of this radio program at this time, but also a part of our domestic church media family praying that you do keep domestic church media as a regular part of your uh, day when you listen, because hopefully here we provide for you a haven of hope, a beacon of light in this darkness uh, that uh, we find ourselves in uh, to bring you that truth, the truth that is Jesus. And uh, 
as I said, that's all we need. Let's pray. Of course, today, the first time we're together this week, first uh, brand new month together. Uh, and of course, Sunday was uh, Pentecost, the birth of our church. Holy Father Pope Francis uh, gave a beautiful homily and a Regina Chaley. Um, so we'll get to some of that as well. But first, let's pray. And as we do every time we're together, my brothers and sisters, I invite you, wherever you are, listening or watching, and you know, all of these prayers are out, go outside of time. When we, when we pray and we go to our Heavenly Father, we go outside of time. So if even if you're listening to the rebroadcast at 10 o'clock at night or the podcast or watching the video at a later date and time, the prayer being prayed is being prayed at the perfect time because it goes into God's perfect time. And with God, there is no time. So it's, it's there as everything is present to our Heavenly Father, this prayer is present to his heart right now as we pray. Again, no matter when you're listening or how you're listening or watching. Uh, and that's the beauty of the reality of uh, our Heavenly Father, our triune God, and we as his children. So let's come together and pray for, we're going to pray for our nation, for peace, for our president, uh, for our other leaders, that they remain true to their uh, responsibilities as elected officials. Uh, Remember, uh, no matter who's in office, from the president down, they are there to serve the people. It's not the other way around. And their responsibility is to protect uh, the citizens and our property and to keep us safe. And we know that there's a lot going on out there that can be very, very disturbing, and it can get out of hand very quickly. Uh, you know, aside from all the politics involved and all the other situations, and you know, the, 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 the just the angst that people are, are in right now. Let's pray for the Prince of Peace to grant us that peace that only he can give. He tells us that. And, you know, we could allow ourselves to be worrying about a lot of things and be disturbed about a lot of things. But as we say all the time, if you have Jesus, you know, that's really that's really all you need. And so as we come together in prayer, let's pray again for our country. I, I got to tell you, and I'll share a little bit more detail with you later on. You know, on Saturday, Holy Father Pope Francis led a worldwide rosary at 1130. We had it here on these stations. And I was reading an article today, and I'll share a little bit more of it with you, um, uh, regarding the um, coronavirus in Italy. And I'm just trying to see if I have it real quick in front of me. I don't. uh, Yeah, I do. Um, That the Italian uh, doctors, top doctors in Italy, uh, have said that the coronavirus no longer clinically exists in Italy. This is something that came out yesterday from a hospital in Milan. And I shared with you last week, I think, um, that on March 27th, when Pope Francis had that worldwide holy hour, you remember those stark images of uh, Holy Father Pope Francis standing in a vacant St. Peter's Square in Basilica holding the Blessed Sacrament on behalf of the entire world, that scientists identified that day that day, March 27th, as the day when the numbers of new coronavirus cases in Italy began to decline. 
And with the Holy Father on Saturday, inviting the entire world to pray the rosary as we did, and he going to our Blessed Mother on behalf of the entire world and placing this whole situation and praying for an end to the pandemic, giving it to our Blessed Mother. Then here we are just a couple days later where doctors in Milan have now said that the virus no longer clinically exists in Italy. So I want to share more of that article with you when we come back from prayer. But So we thank God for that. Also, my friends, again, we're just going to ask you please to keep our, our young friend Maria in your prayers uh, 17 years old, suffering from a tumor on her brain stem. Um, obviously, it's a, a situation that none of us will ever uh, be able to really understand or identify with. Uh, but this beautiful young woman is suffering, as, of course, she's suffering physically. I think emotionally, from what I understand, her closeness to the Lord and her being able to be so united with Christ in his own suffering and her heart so united with that of our Father in heaven um, goes way beyond anything we might understand right now. And her parents, of course, and entire family emotionally suffering with her. Our prayers go to them every day. And uh, we don't know what God's will is in this, but we know that according to the doctors a year and a half ago almost, she probably shouldn't even be on this earth right now. But she is, and God is allowing it. And, and I do believe that in, in a, a mystical way that we have been a part of this, and I thank God for that opportunity, but to be bringing so many of you into this situation to be united with her in, in prayer. So we do that now as well. And all of your special intentions, my brothers and sisters, whatever they are, uh, I invite you now to raise up. We're praying the prayer that Pope Francis gave us to pray and asked us to pray uh, throughout this month. Uh, well, actually, now it's June, but he asked us to pray throughout May at the end of our uh, uh, rosaries. But, of course, we pray it every day, uh, regardless of the month, the month dedicated to our Blessed Mother last month when he composed it. But, of course, now we know this month uh, dedicated to the Sacred Heart. But we still go to our Blessed Mother Mary, and we pray uh, to be protected and for an end to this pandemic. And so we pray, we fly to your protection, O Holy Mother of God, in this present tragic situation. When the whole world is prey to suffering and anxiety, we fly to you, Mother of God and our Mother, and seek ref refuge under your protection. Virgin Mary, turn your merciful eyes toward us amid this coronavirus pandemic. Comfort those who are distraught and mourn their loved ones who have died, and at times are buried in a way that grieves them deeply. Be close to those who are concerned for their loved ones, who are sick and who, in order to prevent the spread of the disease, cannot be close to them. Fill with hope those who are troubled by the uncertainty of the future and the consequences for the economy and employment. Mother of God and our Mother, pray for us to God, the Father of mercies, that this great suffering may end and that hope and peace may dawn anew. Plead with your divine Son, as you did at Cana, so that the families of the sick and the victims be comforted and their hearts be opened to confidence and trust. Protect those doctors, nurses, healthcare workers, and volunteers who are on the front line of this emergency and are asking, I'm sorry, risking their lives to save others. 
support their heroic efforts and grant them strength, generosity, and continued health. Be close to those who assist the sick night and day and to priests who in their pastoral concern and fidelity to the gospel are trying to help and support everyone. Blessed Virgin, illumine the minds of men and women engaged in scientific research that they may find effective solutions to overcome this virus. Support national leaders that with wisdom, solicitude, and generosity they may come to the aid of those who are sick and lacking basic necessities of life and may devise social and economic solutions inspired by farsightedness and solidarity. Beloved Mother, help us to realize that we are all members of one great family and to recognize the bond that unites us so that in a spirit of fraternity and solidarity we can help to alleviate countless situations of poverty and need, make us strong in faith, persevering in service, constant in prayer. Mary, consolation of the afflicted, embrace all your children in distress and pray that God will stretch out his all-powerful hand and free us from this terrible pandemic so that life can serenely resume its normal course. To you who shine on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope, do we entrust ourselves, O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary. And as Holy Father asks, we pray the prayer to uh, St. Michael the Archangel and also to our Blessed Mother, the ancient uh, prayer, the Subtum Presidium prayer, uh, praying to protect the Church from the attacks of the devil. And so we pray, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. Saint Pope John Paul II, pray for us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, again, my friends, I thank you so much for praying together. And uh, thank you for being a part of our family here. You know, um, I was just going over, uh, because we have, a, we have a board of directors meeting coming up this week, and I was going over the financials from... Uh, the first five months of this year. And um, even in the midst of all this that we've been going through, that you've been going through, we've been going through, um, you still have shown us such enormous generosity, uh, enabling us to continue to do the work we're doing here, which is so important. And I've, I've received so many uh, little notes and, uh, you know, as people send their, their envelopes and they jot off a quick note, just how much they appreciate that domestic church media has been consistently here 24-7 broadcasting all of these wonderful programs that we're so able to bring you uh, every day in the midst of all of this, especially when the churches were cl- are closed and now reopening a little bit. In fact, we're going to have Bishop O'Connell join us uh, for Friday Live at, uh, on this coming Friday to give us an update um, on where, where, you, where you are in this diocese and what's happening. But... Um, you know, we, we, we thank all of you who make these enormous financial sacrifices, continuing to allow us to 
bring you these broadcasts. And I, we, I had a, of course, I've learned in the work here at the Apostolate not to worry, <laughs> but I still have my moments of, uh, you know, a little inkling every now and then. Uh, but when this whole situation began back in March and we had to postpone our Radiothon, and I knew that our Radiothon every year provides for us uh, the source of funds that we need to take us through the summer into the fall and having to postpone that, plus seeing the unemployment numbers rising and people losing their jobs or being furloughed or laid off uh, and uh, understanding the, the need to be more conservative in your charitable giving, all those things, you know, I think about and, and I, I, I go into the chapel and have some nice conversation with our Lord and I, looking at the numbers this afternoon that our bookkeeper gave us, uh, I, I'm just I'm just amazed at how much you continue to support us. We're not where we'd like to be. Obviously, we always have a little bit more to break even. We're still a little below that line. Um, but as I said, it does cost us about twenty five thousand dollars a month uh, to um, operate the entire apostolate. That's what it costs for everything. And that includes our four stations and everything that goes with it. Um, so we're falling a little under that. Um, and I'm just praying that now, especially as we enter into June, July, and August, that we can continue to keep uh, those donations coming in in any way you can because we do need you. And we need this apostolate here. We need to have this voice boldly proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ in this world of darkness. We need this light shining brightly. And as I said, and I say it every day, all these platforms that we use to do that, uh, we reach potentially millions of souls around the world. And you never know who's listening. You never know whose heart is going to be touched by what he or she hears at any point here on these broadcasts. And not through any merits of my own or anybody else, but the Holy Spirit working through this apostolate. But that only happens because of you. So thank you so much for all that you do for us. Continue to support us, please, 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 in any way you can. And we are joyfully here for you every day to bring you the, the joy of the gospel and the truth of our Catholic faith. Uh, when we come back from break later on, I'll give you all the mailing and stuff. But, but let's let's move on. I want to share this with you. This is this is good news. And as I said, you know, back on March 27th, you might recall, um, our Holy Father, Pope Francis, had that worldwide holy hour, and he invited the entire world to broadcast to participate. And and we know again what what a great gift we have here to be able to be united with the Holy Father in that way that we could broadcast that as we did. But March 27th was the day he had it, which, by the way, is also the day, the anniversary of Mother Angelica's passing into eternal life. It's also the anniversary of our chapel here at um, Domestic Church Media, our, our little chapel of the Holy Family. We uh, consecrated it or had our first Mass here uh, on March 27th, 2013. But it was the day this year where Holy Father had the Worldwide Holy Hour, and it was noted about a week or so ago that 
when they looked at the dates of the coronavirus pandemic in Italy, which, as you know, was, you know, probably the hardest hit uh, country initially, that it was on that day, March 27th, when new cases of coronavirus began to decline. And then on Saturday, this past Saturday, May 30th, Holy Father once again called together all broadcasters <laughs> to to broadcast this worldwide rosary that he was praying from the, uh, I believe, the Lord's uh, Grotto in, uh, in uh, the Vatican. And we did that, again, through our affiliation with EWTN. And just this morning I was reading uh, in Spirit Daily, there was an article, and this is from um, Sky... Uh, Sky News, Sky News, uh, where the top doctors in Italy now say, and this is just published yesterday, that the coronavirus no longer clinically exists in Italy. A study conducted at a hospital in Milan found that the number of viruses present in people who tested positive has decreased. And they're saying COVID-19 is losing its potency and no longer clinically exists in Italy. Dr. Alberto Zangrillo. <laughs> I love using my Italian. And Dottore Alberto Zangrillo, the head of uh, Milan's San Raffaele Hospital in the hard-hit Lombardy region, said that new coronavirus has become much less lethal and newly infected patients have weaker symptoms than a couple of months ago. And um, they said the, these comments caused a storm in Italy, a country that uh, is slowly emerging from one of the strictest lockdowns in the world, with the president of the scientific body that advises the government saying he was baffled. <laughs> he was baffled at the claim. This is what I love. When, when medical science and doctors become perplexed when we're seeing miracles because there's no answer for it, right? But you and I, as people of faith, we know. We're, 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 just like, you know, why are you surprised? I'm not surprised. Pope Francis took the Blessed Sacrament on March 27th as the Vicar of Christ and stood in that vacant square on behalf of the entire world, holding the Lord himself in, in exposition and asking the world to adore the Eucharistic Lord, praying for an end of the pandemic. And on that day, the new cases began to slightly decline. And here he did uh, the same thing on uh, Saturday in praying the Holy Rosary, Taking everything. He called us all together again and said, let's go to our Blessed Mother. And as she did at the wedding at Cana, give her our needs. And she goes to her son. And the entire world and those who were tuned in praying the Holy Rosary for an end to this whole thing. And just a day or two yesterday, the um, president of the scientific body that advises the Italian government 
said he was baffled, <laughs> baffled at this claim that uh, the coronavirus no longer clinically exists in Italy. Um, a study conducted at the San Raffaele Hospital found that the number of viruses present in people uh, decreased significantly between March and May. So from the holy hour to the rosary. <laughs> um, the swabs that were performed over the last 10 days showed a viral load in quantitative terms that was absolutely... Um, compared to the ones uh, carried out a month or two ago, they said following this analysis of 200 patients and, and comparing the viral load present in samples taken with a swab, the virus was enormously weakened. Enormously weakened. Well, this might, and I don't know, because I'm not a scientist, I'm not a doctor, but this sounds to me like it could be good news, you know, for those especially who are concerned that this thing might return in the fall and winter. But it seems to be dissipating, according to this study in Italy. Um, Matteo Bassetti, who's the head of the... I always use my hands when I say this. If you're watching on, on our video, you see I use my hand. Matteo Bassetti, head of the infectious disease clinic at the San Martino Hospital, said the strength of the virus had two, uh, had two months ago... I'm sorry, the strength the virus had two months ago is not the strength... Same strength it has today. And this Dr. Zangrio, the longtime physician of former Premier Silvio Berlusconi, said some, expert, some experts were too alarmist about the prospect of a second wave of coronavirus infections and suggested that politicians needed to take into account this new reality. He said, we've got to get back to being a normal country. Someone has to take responsibility for uh, terrorizing our country. Um, he said, I'm well aware that the tragedy of those patients who didn't make it, but we cannot continue to give all the attention to self-proclaimed professors rather than actual virologists and hospital workers. In a clinical sense, the virus no longer exists, he says. <laughs> so this is a doctor in Italy saying, in a clinical sense, the, this virus no longer exists. He said, I'm prepared to put my name to that statement. We've got to get back to being a normal country because the statistics show we have every capability of doing that. And uh, he added that previous epidemics, such as the MERS and the SARS, petered out by themselves. Uh, we've got to be uh, wary, of course, but uh, not kill ourselves unnecessarily. Our wards are emptying out. So this is all good news, and when they say that they're baffled at these results and these studies that are showing the virus is, is disappearing, you and I, I'm, you know, as people of faith, we know how that happens. Now, is it Governor Cuomo who said God had nothing to do with this? <laughs> He's, Governor Cuomo has enough problems of his own right now to... He better go to the Lord and say, you got to help me here, God. I'm sorry about that past comment. I need your help now more than ever. Um, as does our entire country. You know, 
I, I, I think that as we, we come together and we look at all that's happening, it's, again, it is almost, I've said it all before, it's, it's almost surreal in the way things are happening as they are. We're all just waiting to wake up. You know, all of a sudden as places began to reopen and the virus is, you know, the cases are being reduced every day and less and less cases and hospitalizations, then all of a sudden we have this new issue of, of uh, uh, revised racism in the country. I don't know. I, I just, I don't understand. I understand the horror, and if you watch that video of the, the, that, that individual who has his knee on the victim's neck for so long, uh, it's a horrible thing. Horrible, tragic, heinous crime against a human person. But everything that has transpired since, you know, especially when you see Churches being vandalized. St. Patrick's was vandalized, vandalized in New York. We saw that St. John, the Episcopalian Church in Washington, across the street from the White House, was set afire. Um, but the 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 the, the uh, horrible things people are doing to each other, no matter what race, color, creed they are, horrible things. We need the Lord's peace to call upon the Lord. And I, 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 I just think that, you know, we're, we're not helpless. People say, you know, what, what can we do? We have, we're not helpless. As people of faith, we're not helpless. We have the greatest weapons of all in prayer. And in, in walking with Christ, people will laugh at us about that, but it's a fact. We, we, out, of, out of everybody in the world, I think people of faith have the greatest power you know we have we have prayer we have jesus so anyway i think that the, the, as far as this italy situation i think that's that's wonderful news and when the authorities said they were baffled at these results i thought ah why are you baffled why are you surprised so anyway let me take a break when i get back holy father gave a great homily on sunday pentecost sunday so stay where you are my brothers and sisters more to come on Come to Me. said, the key that opens the door to faith is prayer. Join St. Paul Street Evangelization by running a prayer station in the public square. You don't need to be a professional apologist or theologian. Just listen to the needs of the people you encounter. Offer encouragement, take prayer requests, and pray with people. Find out more and get involved today at streetevangelization.com. That's streetevangelization.com. Here is Mother Angelica speaking about Catholic Radio. There's six billion people, and we got to reach them all. It's people like you, radio stations like your own. And I hope sincerely that people will support you because we need Catholic Radio. We need Catholic Television. 
And if we don't have it, we shall answer to God for that. Because we are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. We're bound by that. Won't you help us spread the good word by praying for us and by making a tax-deductible gift payable to Domestic Church Media, P.O. Box 7509, Trenton, 08628, or by going to our website, wfjs.org, and making a secure online donation using your Visa or MasterCard. Please contact us today. God love you. We need Catholic Radio. We are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. 60 Seconds with Mother Angelica. God created each one of us, but he had in mind, regardless of how we look from childhood to old age, we change physically, but we don't change in his mind. See? Why? Because God has a specific degree of union with him, holiness, we call it, for every one of you. And it's all different. See, we're all different. And we are called to be different because it glorifies God. He just doesn't make robots. Now, why you say, well, why are some holier than others? Well, that's your fault. <laughs> that's not his fault. If we accept the good, the bad, and indifferent of every day, every day, we'll all be holy in a different way. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. I'm Cheryl. And I'm Jim. And we invite you to join us every Friday at 4 p.m. for Friday Live. Two hours of talk, music, interesting, and informative interviews. We'll also have a reflection on Sunday's Gospel, Jim Hoffman's weekend weather forecast, and you'll have a chance to call in and play one of our fun game shows like Saint of the Day or Name That Catholic Tune. It all happens right here Friday at 4 p.m. That's Friday Live, proclaiming the joy of the gospel, communicating hope, on these domestic church media stations. From Ewing to Union Beach. Sargentville to Spring Lake. Perkesee to Point Pleasant Beach. Heightstown to Humeville. Eatontown to Englishtown. Pine Beach to Penn Valley. Proclaiming the joy of the gospel on Domestic Church Catholic <laughs> Radio. All righty, welcome back. And in just a moment, we're going to go to Pope Francis' homily from Sunday, Pentecost Sunday, uh, that he gave at the Basilica of St. Peter in Rome. Uh, before we do that, though, my friends, just want to remind you once again that if you uh, will prayerfully consider supporting this apostolate, um, we do need you, and I share that information with you. But let me just give you our mailing address in case... Uh, uh, you were able to do that. You can uh, write a check to Domestic Church Media. And we are a 501c3 nonprofit. Your gift is taxable, uh, non-taxable, rather, as allowed by law. Um, and uh, so 
whatever gift you can give, uh, you can write it off on your taxes. But it's Domestic Church Media, and you can send it to us here at P.O. Box 7509. That's 7509 in Trenton, 08628. So Domestic Church Media, P.O. Box 7509, Trenton, 08628. And uh, if you want to make an online donation, you can do that just by going to our website, domesticchurchmedia.org. Click on the Donate Now button and make a donation of your choice, uh, whatever is comfortable for you, however, you know, whatever was in your means, you can do that. And if you can uh, commit to a monthly donation of any amount, that's always a big help to us because it helps us budget a little better. Um, You can also uh, text the word DONATE to 609-493-8255. Now, if you text the word DONATE to that number, and I'll give it to you in a moment again, you text the word DONATE, you get back a link, you click on the link, and it takes you to our donation page, and you can make a donation of whatever you know amount is comfortable for you. It's not an automatic uh, you know donation of any particular amount. You decide what you can give. So just text the word DONATE to 609 609- Four nine three eight two five five six zero nine four nine three eight two five five. Wait, let me, let me just, uh, give you the right number. <laughs> I, I better check and see if I did the right. I'm doing it off the top of my head here, and uh, I think let me see if I, I believe so though. Um, I'll double check just to be sure. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Uh, I believe so. I'm gonna I'm gonna try it right now and see what happens if uh, if it works. Let's see. I'm do six oh nine. See, my staff isn't in today, so that's four nine three eight two five five. And I'm gonna text the word donate. Let's see if that works. I think that's how it works, right? Gotta spell it right though. There we go. Let's see. Yep. I think. <laughs> yeah, that works. Yeah. So text the word donate to 609 493 I've had a little a little senior moment there. 609-493-8255. Just text the word donate. You get a link back. Click on the link, and you can make a donation of your choice. Whatever you can do, my friends. These months are the most critical for us every single year, but this year especially because we did have to postpone our Radiothon, so we don't have those Radiothon funds to carry us through the summer as we have had in the past number of years. So we have to kind of make up for that, and, and then hopefully we'll be able to have our Radiothon in the fall which will be here before you know it. I don't know. See, this has been one odd year, hasn't it? One very, very strange year. But thanks be to God, we uh, can count on our church and our faith and our Lord to keep us consistent in our our mission of, of living this life according to his will and fulfilling our mission that he gives to each one of us, working our way 
hopefully one day to spend eternity in paradise with him. And, uh, you know, Sunday was Pentecost. It was a beautiful day. It was, a, it was kind of a breezy, windy day, which I always think it's neat when Pentecost is a, is a, is a breezy day. When you, you know, we have the reading of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came as a strong wind. And uh, a beautiful day on Sunday, gorgeous day. And it, over in Rome, Holy Father uh, celebrated Pentecost Sunday Mass at the Basilica um, of uh, St. Peter's in Rome. And he began his homily this way. First, quoting from 1 Corinthians, There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit, as the Apostle Paul writes to the Corinthians, he continues, There are different forms of service, but the, the same Lord. There are different workings, but the same God who produces all of them in everyone. Pope Francis said, Diversity and unity. St. Paul puts together two words that seem contradictory. He wants to tell us that the Holy Spirit is the one who brings together the many and that the church was born this way. We are all different, yet united by the same Holy Spirit. Pope Francis said, let us go back to the origin of the church, to the day of Pentecost. Let's look at the apostles, the Holy Father said. Some of them were fishermen, simple people accustomed to living by the work of their hands, but there were also others like Matthew who was an educated tax collector. They were from different backgrounds and social contexts, and they had Hebrew and Greek names. In terms of character, the Holy Father said, some were meek and others were excitable. They all had different ideas and sensibilities. They were all different. Jesus did not change them. He did not make them into a set of pre-packaged models. He left their differences, and now he unites them by anointing them with the Holy Spirit. I often think about that because in my office, you know, I have that uh, beautiful um, uh, reprint of the um, Rembrandt painting, Jesus Calms the Storm. And it's a beautiful painting of the boat. (laughs) <laughs> in rough seas, and there's our Lord in the back of the, let's use proper nautical terms, shall we, in the stern of the boat, asleep, and then the 12 are also in the boat with him, but everyone is reacting differently to the storms in, in a way. It's a wonderful painting, and I, I, I put it in my office when we first moved into this building, kind of a gift I bought for myself, <laughs> to remind me that this is a perfect example, image, of what a true and authentic apostle it is. Because <laughs> I was living it. And I would walk into my office every day, not as much anymore, sadly, in the, in the early days of the apostolate, it was, you know, we were on a lot of shaky ground all the time. And I'd often walk into my office and say, okay, which apostle will I be today? Will I be the apostle who is uh, grabbing the, the beam of the sail, trying to steady it in the strong winds? Will I be the apostle who is, uh, you know, holding on to the rudder to steer the, 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 the boat correctly? Will I be the apostle who is um, bailing out water? 
of the boat as it's taking on water in the storm? Will I be the apostle who is literally leaning over the side of the boat, getting sick to his stomach? All these are depicted in this Rembrandt painting. Or will I be the apostle uh, in the stern of the the boat with our Lord, just very calm, resting his head on his uh, chest? (laughs) Because they were all of different character. They all were on the same mission as apostles, but they were all different, as Holy Father points out here, in many ways. And, and, and the Holy Father points out that they all had different ideas and sensibilities. They were all different, but Jesus didn't change that. He didn't make them into a set of prepackaged models, Pope Francis said. He left their differences, and then he united them by anointing them with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Father said the union comes with the anointing. At, the, at Pentecost, the apostles understood the unifying power of the Spirit. They see it with their own eyes when everyone, though speaking in different languages, comes together as one people, the people of God, shaped by the Spirit, who weaves unity from diversity and bestows harmony because there is harmony in the Spirit. He himself is harmony. Boy, if we don't need that now, we're never, right? So much division in our country, especially right now. People taking sides. People reacting and responding in many different ways to a particular situation, a tragic situation. But that's expanding into other other areas of life. Um, I even saw it today, I got to say, and I'm going to say it, and, I, and, I, and I, I'm very disappointed um, in the Archbishop of Washington who made a comment, a negative comment, about the president who yesterday walked from the White House across the street to the Episcopal Church and stood in front of it and held up a Bible and Bishop Gregory said it was reprehensible that he would do that. I, I, I'm very disappointed, very disappointed in that comment personally. There's talk about what happened prior to that, and there were protesters, peaceful protesters, who were asked to move one, two, three times, and they wouldn't move, and then the police began to forcefully move them and I think there were some, there was some, there was some tear gas that was dispensed. Anyway, just one thing leads, and, and I just, we just need to be unified in in respecting each other as children of God. I mean, this is what's so hard about that. Pentecost teaches us that we are all many parts of the same body and that we're all different. Thanks be to God for the difference, right? So many gifts and talents that each one of us, you know, have and and don't have. I I just think it's, it's, it's so sad to see when that disunity begins to just overtake society. 
and especially when it enters into the church. But anyway, let's get back to the Holy Father. I don't want to go off on that part of it right now. But, but as Holy Father said, that the Holy Spirit is harmony, and we need harmony. Let us now focus our, on ourselves, the Holy Father said. The church of today, we can ask ourselves, what is it that unites us? What is the basis of our unity? We too have our differences, he said. For example, uh, of opinions, of choices, of sensibilities, but the temptation is always fiercely to defeat our ideas, believing them to be good for everybody and agreeing only with those who think as we, as we do. And that's a bad temptation. That divides, he said. But this is a faith created in our own image. It is not what the Spirit wants. We might think that what unites us are our beliefs and our morality, but there is so much more. Our principle of unity is the Holy Spirit. He reminds us that, that first of all, oops, I'm sorry, I'm just oh, I'm skipping around here with this uh, little laptop I have in front of me. Um, okay, he said. Uh, okay, I'm sorry. Um, he reminds us that, the, that, first of all, we are God's beloved children, all the same in this and all, the, and all different. The Spirit comes to us in our differences and difficulties to tell us what we, uh, that we have one Lord, Jesus, and one Father, and that for this reason we are brothers and sisters. Let us begin anew, Pope Francis said, from here. Let us look at the church with eyes of the Spirit and not, of the, not as the world does. The world sees us only as on the right or left with this ideology, with that one or the other one. The Spirit sees us as sons and daughters of the Father and brothers and sisters of Jesus. The world sees conservatives and progressives. The Spirit sees children of God. A worldly gaze sees structures to be made more efficient. A spiritual gaze sees brothers and sisters pleading for mercy. The Spirit loves us and knows everyone's place in the grand scheme of things for him. We are not bits of confetti blown by the wind. Rather, we are irreplaceable fragments of his mosaic. We are all different, and we're going to have differences in this world. You know, one, you know, one, one group of people you may know or you hear about, you know, preach tolerance. You know, we must tolerate all people or all special and you know, we're all unique and, and uh, everybody must be tolerated. And those people are, okay, in, in, in theory, tolerating a person and their differences is one thing. We certainly don't condone anyone in their sin. You know, we don't confirm them in their sin. We also know that, uh, with some of those people, if you have a differing opinion, they don't tolerate it. As long as you think the way they do, they'll. <laughs> and we then it all begins to you know. There's no conversation. There's no desire to 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 come together and talk about these differences. And you're probably not going to convince the other person to change their ways. But at least there's dialogue. You know, when our Lord was 
in his public ministry, he was condemned by the, the Pharisees and the scribes for, for dining with sinners. But he said, look, the, the people who are well don't need a doctor, but the sick do. I have to go to them. I have to be with them. Not to go and be one of them, but to go and bring light to them. Just in beginning by talking with them and giving witness to them. You're never going to convince someone to come to your side by force. But you have to open up their heart and mind to truth. So how many times do we read in the Gospels of our Lord going where no scribe or Pharisee had gone before? He would go and sit down and dine with sinners. He would go and, and, and associate with uh, women of ill repute. We see that. We read that. And in the, in, the, in the grand scheme of things, he taught us. Again, he didn't go to be one of them, become one of them, but he went to where they were because they were going to come to him. And we have opportunity here. I, I know the opportunities we have here every day. You know, that we can, Me or anybody else who's doing a program can get on the air and talk about the love of Jesus. Nobody's coming here to us, but you know what? Our signal can go to them very easily. And I know I've heard stories in the many, many years that I've been doing this, people who uh, uh, um, secretly listen to Catholic radio in their car. You know, they're driving around. No one knows what they're listening to, but they have us on the air. And their friends and family would think, I can't believe that he or she was listening to Catholic radio. But the Holy Spirit was working on them. How many conversions have we heard about over the course of the 25 years that I've been doing this? I can't tell you. And again, not, nothing that we've done, but the Holy Spirit who worked on the heart and mind of those individuals through this work. We're all different, and we see the, the diversity and the division in our world today, and you wonder, okay, first of all, let's understand we are all different. And we've come from different backgrounds and have, different, have had different opportunities or not. It's the, the, the roll of the dice, you know. That's the way it goes sometimes. And I don't know why or why not. We live in a fallen world. I was sharing with, with someone the other day, and some of you may remember this. I don't remember because I, I wasn't alive at the time. But during the Second World War, I know for a fact that, that Italians in this country had a hard time. Even though there were many Italians, my dad included, fighting in the war against Italy and Germany and Japan. But in this country, as were many Japanese Americans, but many, many, I think I read an article of 600,000 Italian Americans in, in the U.S. They were, they were harassed in, in many ways by the FBI. And, and my mom herself had to change her name, legally had to legally change her last name from her Italian last name to an Anglo-Saxon last name just so she could get hired. 19, what, 40-something? I mean, 
it's been going on since since the beginning of mankind. People have had uh, problems with other people's differences. But the Holy Spirit is here to unite us. And this is what Pope Francis said. We go back to that day of Pentecost. We discover, he said, the first task of the church is proclamation. Yet we see that the apostles don't prepare a strategy when they were shut in there in the upper room. They did not make a strategy so they don't prepare for a pastoral or have a pastoral plan. They could have waited for a while for the beginning of their preaching in order to understand more deeply the teachings of Jesus so as to avoid risks. But the Spirit himself descended upon them as he does upon us at our baptism and confirmation. That same Spirit, and we have the same gifts, the same charisms, whatever the Lord has created in us to, to be, we use for his greater glory and bring that light and that message of, of, of the Word into the world to, through the Holy Spirit, take that light into a world that needs to see right now more than ever, I believe, a world that is so covered in darkness, the darkness of intolerance, the darkness of hatred, the darkness of, of violence, and the darkness of, of, of dissent and division. We need to shine that light of the Holy Spirit on the world and teach unity, teach charity, Teach love, the love that only and peace that only Jesus Himself can bring to us. All right, I'll take. Uh, no, I'm not taking a break. I'm going. <laughs> I lose so much track of time. I'll be back tomorrow, God willing. I hope you will be too. Enjoy the rest of your day. Stay tuned now for Al Cresta. He has the Catechism in one hand and the New York Times in the other. Uh, thanks for being here, my friends. I appreciate it. And God bless you all. My name is Jim Manfredonia. God love you. Fire.